Welcome to the Fish Tea Podcast, where we talk about LGBTQ politics, pop culture, growing up in the Caribbean, life in the diaspora, and the work it takes to sustain love, life, and laughter in the midst of all the white noise. I'm M. I'm Glenroy. And I'm Kareem. We're giving you everything, honey. Get into this mug. We're serving you a hot cup of fish tea. Bottoms up. What's that good thing when Landville is not here? Because Karim actually know which letter come first. I just not put them in a while ago. They don't tell me. I just not put them in a while ago. Or maybe it's just a case of, you know, a trail where they have two talks, so I must in left with that. No, no, no. Because when Karim and Landville are together, it's a problem. Oh, Landville has a problem. No, so Landville. So me supposed to go before Landville. And me sample look for Lavelle, and Lavelle look back for me. I'm like, so I'm not saving you. Like, oh, shit on me, I'm Kareem. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. How are you lovely people? <gasps> <laughs> well, I'm good. Foreign I get at. I don't know. I mean, I don't want someone like me complaining. I'm not complaining. But, better not. <laughs> it just went from. Ah, it's gonna be cold to know it's like pure 90s. So if you see me, I dab dab my face every two seconds because the place just really get at. I'm gonna think with it prepared. Like with are big for summer come because everybody wanna dress up, everybody wanna wear their nice clothes, go out, everybody wanna start back brunch, they might relax the standards, and them something them not catch me still. But they might relax the standards. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's hard. like today it is today it's 91. Yeah, outside. like that's a pure, pure summer. And it's just like, well, spring or short lived though. Yeah, we don't just say the I'm say the further north. <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was like high eighties to the nineties all of last week, but it's seventy two today. How is it for you? How have you been? I've been good. Um I've sort of taken a moment of pause over the weekend to just reflect on some things and I went out to brunch <laughs> today <laughs> so okay. I'm in good spirits well, hold up because you know I gotta do my check I'm me alone for brunch then right I've posted the selfies to prove it Somebody else did take the picture that means they could have a case, but I'm here to You got to get the selfie in front of somebody, girl, guys. Stop. Never check it. Was that nigga from the coffee shop? I was just I was check I was just checking if you're ready to be a lawyer, darling. You're ready. Actually, a very good week. We go out to Tony's today, but we're supposed to go ATV riding. That never happened, so we're going to beach instead. But it was a nice little vibe. I'll put up my mermaid picture and show my tattoo now on my back. So this one was relaxing today. It's seemingly relaxing as well. Um, and we had a nice cute to send off for Javion on Friday. Um, but yeah, it's been a good, a nice end to a sort of busy week as we kind of. In our local transition phase, our but yeah, but as usual, nothing for complain about. Um, and looking into starting certain processes for what's next. Um, I look into the future now for Glenn, you know, um, and what, what may come in the next three to four years and what that will look like and whatnot. So, yeah, yeah. That sounds like a holy for work. We can, <laughs> I, I cannot think past a year, but that's very good. Says the person who has to start three for businesses, by Introduce the topic to me, please. <laughs> <laughs> so y'all, y'all hear the abuse I suffer from, from Denroy on this program. So, hey, sophisticates, thank you again for tuning in to our next episode. So earlier this season, we spoke about, um, you know, dating while queer. If you haven't listened to that episode, it's episode two is my fish in the sea. So today we have two lovely people, Renee, who was on that episode and gave us the idea for this one. And our dear friend, Jermaine Ricketts, no strangers to fish tea. And we are here to talk about today, international dating. So we're going to get all up in this tea and figure out what is it about the foreign penis, why everybody loves it. So, but of course, you know, it's much, it's much more than that, darlings. 
international, interracial. International, interracial. The one they don't come from home. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's that one specifically targeted at Renee. So I want to kick it off. I want to kick it off exactly with that question. Like, what is the tea with interracial dating? Why are you guys so much into it? Um, you know, like for me, this is Renee here. Hi, everybody. Welcome and such. It's good to be back on the show and so. Um, I think for me, it's definitely the, the difference of cultures. That, so that's so that's like the basis. To me, I think I think men in general are trash. Don't don't get me wrong, right? Trash. But some spaces and in some countries and some other groups of men are a little less trash, right? I mean, just in terms of how like they treat you, how they how they date you. How you know in Jamaica it's which we understand some of our cultural issues and so like for we what we consider dating is definitely different from other countries like the US and so forth. But still it's kind of refreshing when you go into other spaces and people actually take the time to get to know you before they want to like jump in your pants. It's, it's that type of a vibe. And so for me, but no, no, let's just the little the little vibes I'm gonna get. And of course, like I said, I'm obsessed with all things Asian, right? And so, like, when you look at, like, dating culture in, in some, like, Asian cultures and such, and you meet, like, one or two Asian men, and so you realize that really is their type of philosophy or how they date people. It is kind of unique. It's not what you get at home, right? I mean, I said I'll go for everybody. Some people have the wonderful cherries and the blossoms and the good experience, and they meet man where do the things for them and so I made them feel like they might walk from clothes. I haven't met that person here in Jamaica, so I'm just saying. Um, no, no, that's my like one and two cents for the question. Wait, hold up, I have one bag of question, right? I don't know what I'm but I have one bag of question. <laughs> <laughs> the first question that comes to my mind is how much Asian man you date? Girl, one, if I be very honest, one, right? But he did nice and so the only problem was that I lived in Jamaica and he didn't, and so that was the issue. So, cyber um, date, cyber date. Yeah, I mean, yeah, long distance and so, and it was really like really nice. Like, I think if I do end up going, which is the plan still, if I do end up going to, because he's from Japan, if I do end up going to Japan, more than likely we will be meeting up and maybe seeing if this can continue further beyond that. But here's my other question, right? That kind of rules from that, because mm-hmm. given that concept, mm-hmm. if you have any other option, but for. Use the time to get to know your book. Uh, well, if we're gonna be very honest, it's not like when you can just jump to the face. True, fine. So it's fine, true. But I just feel like like sex was never the leading question, right? So like normally when conversations start, especially like if it's like it's a Jamaican guy, even today, like the first thing this guy could jump in on my DMs and ask me for is nudes. I mean, like, bitch, and I say ask me for my name. The first thing you want are, are pictures at areas where you're supposed to say after me in a things. Right. Right. And so it's it, to me, it was that. Like when he came into like my DMs, it was, Hi, how are you? My name is such and such. Um, I'm living in Japan. I would love to get to know you to get to know who you are, and maybe we can see where it can go like further and whatever. And so it was that type of conversation. Like sex came up, of course. And we, we talked about it and so okay, you know, we did have one or two concerns, right? No, but I the true tea, you know, with their there are certain stereotypes, stereotypes nonetheless, mm-hmm. right? And while I've I've grown and I'm no longer the glorified size queen that I was, you know, I'm still have to make sure that things can reach in the areas I'm needed for reach. And so then the conversation that came up, of course. You know the right? single thing in the back of your throat? <laughs> right, right. And then also, they also need to know, you know, what they were into and, you know, when they also have to talk about what me into because gone are the days where good sis only care about men, men's pleasure. I mean, I care about my own pleasure. So that left for coming out of context. Um, and so then those conversations happened, but they weren't like the first thing. Like, it, like we were talking for almost a month before any of those things come up. And then so then like you I realized that you know you can have engaging conversations with men who are attractive to you without it ne- um not necessarily revolving around sex. Um and so it became it, I felt as if he was more so interested in me and not you know the sex or the fetishization of who I am. 
And my last question before we make journey and come in, my sorry. But we come know you're in a year's me know you. Right? <laughs> right? That uh, I'm wondering to what extent do you clock some of your own experiences as in the past, maybe you have led with sex when engaging men? Oh, yeah, I'm sure there was a period of time. There was a period of time where that definitely was the case. Um, and so, and I think maybe I even said it like on the last segment too, that like when there was a point in my life where I just felt like, you know what, fuck men, y'all are into this for sex and for pleasure. I'm going to make sure I get mine too. And so before I mentioned to anybody, I'm like, friend, me not depend where you depend. You come with relationships and so I know that not real. So I the body me wants and that's it. As soon as the body gets and me get what me forget my love, your taxi's outside, you can go. <laughs> Right at the summit of the day. And so, largely enough, that was in the past, of course. But then also, I was also figuring out what I wanted. And so now I know what I want. Um, You know, I turned 30 next month. Like, I'm just at a point in my life now where I'm sure of the direction I want my life to go in. And so I, I know what I'm ready for. And so these young men and these young people coming now and who, you know, I mean, for some reason, why a lot of like, you know, black men in particular believe that in order for them to ask for sex, man, for come and try for trick you and talk about relationship first. And so, to the world. listen, they feel like they have, to, they have to switch up with everything first, my dear, before them say, I'm like, friend, me an idiot. I know what you want. I'm going to tell someone to depend on that so that you can just stay where you're at and I'll stay where I'm at. Right? And so, yeah. I'm done fast with Renee. All right. <laughs> Mr. Jeremy you, please. <laughs> yes. Like, so just for context, like, um, Jermaine and I have been friends for over a decade. Over a decade. More. It's like, what, 13? Right. So, like, to, like, see him in this space, like, talking about dating and particular Asian men, it's like, all right, what is, what is fascination come from? I don't want to call it fascination. That sounds like. So big looking, but like you know, where 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 did this interest come from? So if you could speak to that, that would be. Mm-hmm. All right, so I think for me, um, hi guys, Jermaine here. Um, so growing up, I think in high school, I think that's where everything kind of developed. So I mean, I feel like in Jamaica, we're very influenced by what we see on TV. I feel like in every culture, they'll say that, and of course, the most popular things are like foreign shows. But then I was especially like attracted to anime. Karim knows me and the guys from like art class would do those nerdy anime Naruto games and battling and all that stuff. So I think coming from just a very simple, innocent, fun place of like actually falling in love with Asian culture. And then as I grew older and then more like sexual things came into context, then I started to consider like actual Asian people as possible, like love partners. So I'd say that's how it really developed. And then, but back in Jamaica, like I never really dated anyone that I would say is like not true Asian because Asians in Jamaica are Asian, but of course they have a Jamaican upbringing, but I never dated anyone that I would say had the practices or had the cultural norms that like a typical person in Asia would have. So I don't think I really experienced that until I came to America where like you have way more races, way more people that are like directly from that country, stuff like that. So when I came here, of course I had to explore. Um, I will say I, I am having a very fun twenties. Um, so there've been different option of races. <laughs> <laughs> there have been different options of races. Um, but yeah, Karim will tell you. So um, Asian men are my preference. Um, and then by preference, people always think of it in a negative way, as in preference means you outlie everything else. All other options are automatically started lower. Um, that's not the case. Um, but of course, you know initially what you're attracted to, what you're interested in. I know I'm interested in that culture and who else are you going to get that culture from other than someone who is from that background? Um, But I mean, that's kind of how I like fell into um, dating other races and then specifically 
persons who are Asian, which again, those people as well as Black people go with a lot of stereotypes and stuff. So it's been interesting navigating that. And it's kind of different too, because I still don't fully consider my experiences what it would be if I was in an actual Asian country, because I'm sure that would still be different. Because then a lot of Asians here are Americanized. So you still wouldn't get the same treatment that you kind of think of. Or like if I watch um, certain videos of like Korea or different places and how they talk about dating there, it's still not the same as here. Some things do transfer over, but the American pull is very strong and oftentimes in the worst way where they adapt to like the worst options. So, but yeah, it's been an interesting ride and it's still going on. <laughs> so I just have a quick question before we get into like the experiences and so on, because I do want to hear like you guys experience of being in interracial relationships and so what are some of the challenges or um, some of the things that were like new to you guys as you like navigated those relationships. So I hear you guys talk about like, you know, like the, having a preference for a particular race, ethnicity um, or particular men from a particular region. Right. At the I, I guess and I don't quite have the question, but I, I, the, the word that I'm thinking about is like fetishizing. Right. When people talk about white people fetishizing black bodies or people of color, like what do you say to people who might um, reduce your attractions and your interests yeah. a simple fetishization of Asian men? Yeah, I think it's it's pretty simple. It's something I've had to, you have to know yourself and that's where it begins. Because I think too, I feel like I've been someone who's been fetishized by different people. You know me, you know, like I dated a white guy for a really long while, Spanish, different people. So, um, but I mean, going through that experience too kind of taught me like how to navigate and check myself basically to make sure I wasn't doing that. So, I mean, if it comes to a point where like you're thinking initially going in, okay, this guy's Asian, he must be this. So let me try it out. I think that's where it becomes a fetish. Once you have that overarching view that, Hey, they're from this race. So this is what I'm supposed to expect. So I think if you, mentally check yourself and I think it's something you need to continually do because again we've been so influenced to kind of keep these stereotypes that you don't even realize when you're doing it is that like every time I feel like I'm approaching someone or we're interacting I'm always thinking is this a feature of you or is it something that I'm just expecting you to do so I feel like that's something that I've kind of adapted in like my dating life to kind of check myself to make sure that hey, I'm not just doing this because I expect, oh, my Asian boyfriend's going to be um, submissive, which is like a stereotype people often have. So I always do those type of things. Like I'm like, am I going to listen to his opinion first or am I just going to try to make him like go along with what I'm going with? Because again, they're supposed to just be submissive. So it's kind of just doing those self-checks. And then, but that comes after years. I mean, for the younger ones dating, they might be like, can I curse on this? <laughs> Girl, <yeah. laughs> they might be like, oh, like that. But, you know, um, I think that's the starting point that I've kind of gotten to. And um, I think that's my way of like checking myself to make sure that it's not just. Oh, OK, I'm fetishizing them, too. So it's kind of fair game. But no. So that's one of the things I do. Um. For me, honestly, like as somebody who has been fetishized, I guess, um, like I, I know that it's not a good feeling, and so it's something that I, I would definitely not want to bring to anybody else or to any other groups of people. Um, and so, like for me, this is purely based on the fact that I really am just attracted to um, Asian men in particular, um, and I can see myself like being in like a long-term relationship with someone who is from, you know, whichever part of Asia, whether it be Korea, Japan, Thailand, or wherever. Um, surprisingly enough, like my friends have always said that they've never, they, they've never actually seen me long-term being with somebody who is, you know, black. Um, and up until recently too, um, I guess I never saw that 
as like a possibility either in terms of me dating somebody outside of like the black community. Because before I always thought, you know, I'm black, so I have to be with somebody who is black, which is which is not the case. And I always used to, you know, people always say, oh, Asian people are racist and all types of stereotypes about Asian people. Um, that after getting to like meet a number of Asian people and learning about the different cultures, you find out that these stereotypes are really unfounded. And, you know, the communities are great. And mind you, I've, I've dated white. I won't say I've dated like, you know, I'm not as diverse as Jeremy, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I've dated white as well. Um, white penis is good for the most part. I'll just say it. <laughs> right. Um, but I mean, in terms of, and, and even if I have to talk about other communities, for me, it just boils down to, you know, how I'm treated as a person and how that person treats me. So it's, it's not even a case where, you know, things might not change or may change like in the future. So maybe, maybe I will meet like, you know, a nice dark caramel looking man who sweeps me off my feet and we, we end up together and we end up getting married. Or he may be white or he maybe you know Asian like I'm I'm open and so I think that's that's the that for me that's my only defense to it saying that it really is not necessarily about the person's skin color or even where they're from but it's just me being open to receiving love wherever it will come from. And if I'm being honest I would prefer it to be Asian though of course. <laughs> but if it comes in other forms or in or from other groups of people too then I'm I'm just as open. Right, because I, I was going to ask, um, and I'm sorry if I'm cutting in, um, if it is that the quality, if we're acknowledging that a person's quality, their person's race isn't determinative of their qualities, um, then is the preference more visual than anything else? Because um, that's what I'm wondering. Um, of course, uh, for persons, because when we talk about like interracial dating and dating outside of our race, I think mm-hmm. inevitably it becomes, you know, that conversation. Is it a situation where um, if we're acknowledging that uh, the person, the person's race is not determinative, then why have, what's, what's the point of the specification is really my question. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think for me, um, I mean, initially looking at it, I mean, the, there is something that's going to pull you to a person. So, I mean, there's no point in saying there's not going to be, oh, their race isn't like an initial pull factor or how they look isn't an initial. There's something that's going to attract you to that person initially. So, I mean, if you're not going to acknowledge that, then what's the point? Like, unless you're like just friends with someone and then, you know, like in those movies where like you just eventually um, generate more like feelings more than like platonic love. I mean, there is going to be something that has to pull you to that person initially. So, I mean, having something specific like, oh, their race is going to pull you to them. Oh, they're because I mean, that's basically what everyone does when you initially meet someone. There's going to be something that's going to pull you to them. Could be their eyes, could be their, how they talk, could be, yeah, their race could just be one of those things. Again, the difference is, does that one factor block everyone else out? Because that means you're like closed off to everyone else. You're just specific. You're like, oh, this is the thing I think I want and I must have it. And then you're not open to like actually knowing the other features of that person. I think that's where it becomes a problem. But I don't think there's anything innately wrong with like having that initial thing that, hey, that's going to attract me to that person. Because I mean, even something as lewd as like people looking at people's bulges. I mean, that's something that you're using to initially attract yourself to that person. And then from there, you know, you can build to whatever. It can be something so simple can be lead to like a frivolous relationship or it can lead to something long term because you just don't know. But it's like, are you willing to go past that initial feature of attractiveness that you initially saw? Like, I think that's where the real difference is. Um, for me, the visuals are definitely a part of the conversation, right? Yeah. I think Asian men, I think Asian people in general are beautiful. Hands down. Um, particularly Korean men, I think they are gorgeous beyond comprehension. 
Um, and men I know them just boy, them just look good. Men I tell no lie. So of course, you know, that also helped with it. And then there are the, the different aspects of their culture. Like I think one thing I found like were really interesting is just how serious they take like public displays of affection. And so, and even how they court you, like, um, first is they, they don't just come up to you. First, they ask you permission if they can, you know, try to get you to agree to date them. They have this process where they say, can I hit on you? Which is different from actually saying um, we're dating and dating is different from actually saying that you're in a relationship. And so that to me, that in itself was just a new entire experience for me like hearing how that process worked and i found that process to be very interesting and so that attracted me even more to the community how they tell their stories like i love like how their dramas are done how they talk about their history how they talk about their culture and how most of them can even date their cultures back to thousands and thousands of years all of that is what kind of you know drew me in and attracted me to them um and so even more so okay, you know most when people talk about interracial relationships is mostly white people white or black or white and black um and so even when they even like look at the media when they talk about like interracial relationships um it's usually a black person with a white with a, a white person. person never like a black person yeah. someone who's hispanic or someone who's asian right um for me one minute necessarily have a problem with white people and like i said i've been with one and two they will never be my you know they'll never be Say the group of people that I would that run because one, I think one, they have no culture that's actually for themselves. And apart from the history that they have of oppressing other groups of, of people and races, Trash and history. listen, and so and and just the mere the mere fact that they're still entitled and like engulfed in their own white privilege, and some of them even refusing to recognize, you know, their history and of, of oppression and the, the oppression they continue to still carry out. This, it would never be a, a group that you say, oh, I'll run down. And as much as, you know, you have one or two white men out there who are just as gorgeous, you'll probably never hear me, actually. You'll probably see people put up Chris Hemsworth and they'll put up, say, Jimin from BTS and I'll be all over Jimin's page saying, he's my king and my 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 demon lord and my everything. Ah, <laughs> Jimin's the best! Listen, and... and <laughs> so i mean for me that's where it is and of course i agree with the german that there has to be something that you know attracts you to like a person or even a group of people or even you know um and for me it's it is their culture it's their music for sure and of course it's the fact that they're drop dead gorgeous and <laughs> yeah yeah so like renee you just um you brought up a point that i was i wanted to i was trying to figure out how to get into the conversation um because since since I moved here last August, I've been I've been sort of trying to, I've been trying to reconcile, you know, these images I've I've been fed of of white of, of Americans and white people in general, um, and my own my own history as a black person from the Caribbean, and I had an experience last year which which sort of tipped me towards more towards the, I, I, I don't, I'm not sure if I can say that, but. I've, I've, it's, it's almost like I'm seeing racism everywhere, and I'm not even sure if it's there, but we are on the side of caution. And I think even though I'm open to dating other races, I find that I'm very, very peculiar about what I'm willing to do with a white person versus, say, a Middle Eastern person. And I think for that reason, I, would, I probably won't ever be able to settle with them. For example... And I'll never rim a white a white man. Like I personally think it's degrading for me to do it, right? But I have no problem dealing with a black man. I probably do it to a Middle Eastern or an Indian, but just not a white man. So like I like I I I, I connect with that whole idea about you know the 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 history they have of oppression, and I think that also plays a part. Um, in some ways, on how many of us are able to actually interact with them in terms of dating. I'm not sure if that's true for anybody else. Um, but I'm interested to hear your thoughts, Glenroy, since you're here, creating trouble. You dated a... He was white, right? <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> I don't think I did. I, 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 I know you said it. 
Uh, what was the experience like and what were some of the, the emotions that you had to challenge going into that? So, so I did date someone white um, when I was living in the UK. Um, uh, he was Polish to be specific. So that's why when Renee said white people don't have culture, I'm like, girl, wait. We kind of have to also problematize the ways in which we talk about whiteness because whiteness as a social construct means different things in different spaces. Like um, it can mean Anglo-Saxon whiteness, which excludes um, Eastern Europeans in certain contexts and excludes different, and Italian and Mediterranean white. American white. Right. So I, I completely acknowledge that there is that history of oppression that you can't ignore and, and white privileging. Um, but you know, so I have culture and we got a nice like, Polish restaurant and we did eat black, um, black sausage. That's never bad. But um, so I will say that it was never my intention to start that relationship um, while I was in the UK. I think it really just sort of happened out of nowhere that we were going on a few dates and we were taking our time to get to know each other. And I think what I appreciated about um, him was that he, under, he very much understood um, um, the racial dynamics of the situation. He very much understood um, more often than not um, what he could and could not say, how he could and could not engage. And when there were moments where um, because you, you, you can't ever escape that reality of you're dating this white person. And so, so whereas something that your friend, your black friend might say, might just be like, oh, girl, bye. When, you, when, when the white person in the room says this, you said, did you just say that? That never, I couldn't, you can't ever ignore that. It's never far from your mind. At least it wasn't far from my mind. Um, and so whenever those kinds of conversations came up, he was very much receptive to it. And I think that definitely made um, the relationship easier. Um, and I will always say that that was my best relationship for all sorts of reasons, because um, some of the things I wanted in a relationship, I was able to get that. Of course, it dawned upon me that I was living in the UK, which meant that some of those things that I wanted were easier to have in the UK than per se living in Jamaica um, in a different context where, you know, you know, the kind of dates we were able to go up, go on, him being able to show up for me in workspaces um, in a certain kind of way um, was not, it's not necessarily always the same thing that um, queer men in Jamaica can do for each other, depending on how things shake out um, and how visible that particular person is. So even though that is a point in his favor because there are positive people in the UK, um, I still acknowledge that it's, it would have been easier for him to do that. Um, but yeah, I, I, overall, it was, a, it was a really good relationship. When there were difficult moments, I think I, um, he was receptive and I think I, was, I will always be appreciative of that. And he was willing to learn. Um, I think if I talk about challenges, I think it was just about being a Jamaican and having to translate things, period. So I speak Jamaican. I laugh in Jamaican. I live in Jamaica and experience the world as a Jamaican. And so sometimes, and it's not a, it wasn't an issue unique to him, because I imagine even if I was dating somebody who was Black but American, I'd have that challenge. You have to translate those moments and those things that those small things that another Jamaican would get immediately um, and appreciate right away. And sometimes it was like, oh, Jesus, we can't bother translate all of this. But I also did feel that just like how if I'm dating, uh, when I'm dating in Jamaica, I require the men I date to watch certain things. So you have to watch Paris is Burning so you need to understand the history. You need to understand the struggle. You need to have a better appreciation of queerness. Um, no, he had to watch Set It Off. <laughs> he had to watch. I mean, I, I required it. And then it was when they, see, when they see us, I just come out. And I was like, you have a response. You out here having sex with black men. You have a responsibility to watch that show. Because otherwise, and it, it takes a while for him to watch it. And it has tied him and that thing. What an issue. Um... But yeah, because I feel like if you're going to be somebody who enjoys the company and experiences of being with black men, I think you have a kind of a duty 
and maybe me and overstate this, but I do think you have a, like a duty to kind of understand better their experiences um, and the ways in which they navigate the world. Um, so yeah, um, that was what that was like. Um, so, but he was willing, and also I generally date reserved guys, so I tend to get my way in relationships. So, <laughs> uh, so there's that. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're still friends now. We still talk online, and you know, um, actually, we're speaking. You we're talking recently, you know, making some jokes. So, we, it was a very interesting relationship. Honestly, though, um, I would prefer personally being in a relationship with somebody that um, I share not just race with, but culture with, because I find us, I just find that easier um, because of that translation thing. And I, and I think sometimes the smaller things are missed. However, what I appreciated in, in, in that relationship was the willingness to exchange. I was willing to learn um, his culture and he was willing to learn my culture. Um, it was very common for him as a Polish person to have a name that everybody calls him versus a name that um, is his actual Polish name because, you know, of how English people are. And I made it my, I never called, I limited the amount of times I called him by the English name he went by. I always said his full Polish name. So I felt like I understand in so much that I am an immigrant and you're an immigrant um, that I think it was my responsibility to say, I probably took it way more serious than he did. And I called him by his Polish name and stuff like that. So, yeah, so I think there were point, there are lots of points of convergence, but absolutely you can't ignore the ways in which we are different um, and the ways in which um, you kind of have to wonder, hmm, what did he mean by that? What did, you, what did you mean by saying, you know, I don't want to go there? You know, those kinds of things that kind of make you, maybe if it was a different part of your black partner, you wouldn't overthink it. But because it's your white partner says it, you're like, hmm, why are you going to be uncomfortable in this space? Right. But I'm supposed to go there. You know, that kind of thing. Right. So, first of all, my man about number Jamaican and Mr. Lafayette transmit teams to him. So, when they are preferred man the Glen Rag, it's very specific. Um, <laughs> my man is completely whitewashed. She grew up in Maplewood, which was a very white town. And so in all of him Jamaican references and everything, like literally it was just was gone. German can attest to it. Like oh yeah. <laughs> just just gone. Um, anyways, but like I, I want to continue with that idea of hmm, moments that made you go, hmm, what do you mean by that? Like if anyone else can share those, that, that person, like I haven't dated a lot outside of like black men. And the one white guy that I dated, I didn't know a whole, I did him when I just moved here. I didn't know a whole lot about racism and, um, you know, the issues that exist between black and white bodies and so on. And so for me, we went on a date. It was really nice. He picked me up. It was like, you know, the real movie type shit. You get picked up. You go to a nice restaurant. Um, the guy was very gentlemanly. And yeah, yeah. But like in giving me compliments, he said something about like one, he was very excited that I was Jamaican. Right. Like. Like, like, you know, people always say, oh, people love Jamaican people. But like he was just very excited. That I was Jamaican. And then he would like touch my hand while we're at the table and say things like, oh my God, you're so gorgeous. You're so exotic. And, you know, like I, like in the moment I was just like, oh, thank you. But it, you know, something just didn't sit right with me. And ever since then, it's been really hard for me to like, just to come and say, I'm going to be dating a white man. Like it has to be a very particular type of white person that has very much like demonstrated that they have a certain understanding of the world and interactions with black people and yada yada before. Like for, for me to do all the teaching and all the educating, I don't know if I would have had that have I would have that in me. So I guess my question is, is what were some of those moments? Um, if you've had them, even if we, you know, like what were some of those moments with dating outside of your race that made you go, hmm, like the person said something and you're just like, huh, what the what, what does yeah. that mean? 
I think I'll go. Um, so I think I have like two different scenarios, I would say. Um, the first one was with um, this white guy that I dated. Curry, me know him. <laughs> so that was going on for a, a good little chunk of time. Um, but I think the main thing that kind of like that was like my first real experience actually like taking seriously being fetishized myself and then kind of acknowledging that and then we broke up because of that um i think was when it came to to sex because again um that kind of let me know that this person was actually not interested in me but just more interested in the fact that i was black that I was tall and that there were certain expectations that were supposed to come with that in terms of sex. Like, um, so like just the, <laughs> we can get explicit on this, right? Talk, leg of your mouth. <laughs> okay. So like, like for me, like the, it was like a strange turn off thing too. So like if we're having sex, like before anything even gets intense, I kid you not this guy would be doing the absolute most. And when I say the absolute most, I mean like those stereotypical, like I'm in a, like I felt like I was in a porn, which you know, porn is corny as hell. Like this guy was like moaning, that was that big black cock, like all these extra shit. And I was like, sir, <laughs> there's literally no need for this. Like, and I'm telling you, like I wasn't even doing anything. And then like, just even when we'd interact, in general, like they just expect this certain aggression and stuff like that. And like, I feel like I am more on the calmer side of things in terms of in general, even when it comes to like dating in terms of like sex, like I feel I'm more like slow paced. I'm not, I guess, the stereotypical intense black Jamaican man or whatever it is. Um, but yeah. But yeah, like that expectation was like always there. And that was just like a major turnoff. But like we did it for a good while because again, like this was when I just came to America. And then he was like the first person like I dated for a long time while I was here. So I think at the time, like I didn't even recognize that's what it was. Because I remember like me and Karim would have conversations about it. Um, but I feel like at the time, Cause again, I just dated like people in Jamaica, which was like fine for what those were. So I never really experienced someone just liking me for those like stereotypical reasons. It was like later down in the relationship, like when we talk about certain goals and future and stuff like that, that I realized this guy had like no real interest in what I was doing. It was just more in what he expected from having this Jamaican tall black man be with him. Mm. It was now thinking about it, it was just very, very strange. In terms of like dating like Asians though, um dated quite a few. I've been here for years, keep that in mind. But <laughs> <laughs> my last boyfriend, yeah, he was Asian too, but he lived out of state. But like with him, I feel like I don't feel like there was any issues in terms of like moments where I was kind of like, hmm. Cause like, he's very knowledgeable about like racial issues and things of that nature. And then again, like, I think that's just him being more Americanized, more aware of things um, in terms of race, which is why I'm like, I feel like the experience of dating like Asians in America is going to be totally different from dating Asians that actually live in Asia. Because I feel like those are the ones where I feel like more of like the stereotypes or the racial things are going to come into play. Um, but yeah, I don't feel like there was ever any weird issues. But I did. <laughs> so I live in Massachusetts, right? Very white place in my town. I mean, if I'm going to end up dating someone just based on numbers, it's likely they're either going to be white or Spanish. Like the Asian population is not high here either. Um, so, I mean, just also based on location, it kind of sets you up for that, unless you're just going to 
seek out, oh, I'm going to make sure I get like a dark skinned brother or something. Um, if you want to put in all that effort, because men are trash. But, <laughs> but I mean, I feel like here too, there was that situation where there was never any like overt like indicators. It was just those little small things. And I feel like those are the things you have to look out for where you're like, is this person actually listening to me? Or are they just assuming that this is going to be something that's pleasing to me because of what they think they know about Black people or about Jamaican people? So I feel like it's just those little things that we really have to look out for. But, it's, but let's just block it. It's them also always assuming that because you're the Black man in the relationship, you're going to be the top. Well, I mean, I was the top, but either way, <laughs> I wasn't. But I mean, that definitely is a part of it, too, because I mean, that's definitely an assumption that like they just automatically have. So, yeah, that's something that you will. So like this guy in Boston, like that I met, like. When we met, like he was just ready to throw that ass open, I guess. <laughs> But as in, like, he never even, like, asked or, like, you know, there's, well, I don't know how people date, but I like to get the groundwork out of the way. So, I mean, it doesn't have to be something corny, like, what position are you? But I mean, just from talking and, like, exploring each other, like, you discuss what your preferences are, what your things are. Like, there are cases where, like, there's no discussion. There's just, like, you're Black, you're just going to be the top, whatever. They don't really, black like, are going to ask you or anything like that. Huh? Because black man, big dick, aggressive, aggressive. Yep, black man, big dick, aggressive. Exactly. So that is something that I I feel like that's one of the more popular things in terms of like sexual wise. Um, and then again, if you're into that and you want to be that person, then I mean, it will work out for you. But then again, that person's not thinking about you. They just assume, then they're just kind of putting that. <laughs> on you basically it's the thrill no i was just about to to say the same thing i was saying i mean like from my experiences um except for the like, the one and two people like i said i've dated because i i won't say that i am dated all, all that much if i'm being honest right and so one and two you know interracial people i've tried the process with right um in terms of hookups i've had many i've had many of those especially when i travel I say that you understand because I'm of the firm belief you should test the waters when you go to new places. I have no shame in my game. I believe in it, right? Even international hell. <laughs> Listen, and the thing I found out is that people assume that once they read like any one of my profiles and they see Jamaican, yeah. they assume. I'm a top. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, girl, in which world? Would you, but I'm like, all right, maybe, you know, maybe I should really give them like the benefits of the And they're like, no, but even if you are a, a trans woman, like we met trans women from Jamaica and they're tops too. And I'm like, okay, that's them. That's not me. So this clearly can't go work out, friend. Right? And so, like, I've had so many of those conversations, even out, even out here. It's so weird. Um, People want to assume that I'm a top because apparently a lot of trans women be out in the streets being tops. Power to them, I believe in it. Support them. It's just not my thing at all. I swing one way, right? Um, and so, like, I've had so many of those, like, happening to when I get to, like, other spaces. So when I was, like, in Argentina, even when I went to the U.S., um, and even when I was in Colombia, like, all the people who were coming at me were bottoms. Or even if they were like verse tops or something, if we did decide to meet up, there'd be like a whole conversation or trying to convince me to top them. And I'm like, top I them. listen, I have a whole vagina. I don't know where you think this clip gonna go. Anyway. <laughs> I don't see it. I don't see the point. Um, but it's a thing. And so, you know, you're fetishized for being a Jamaican. And so that's the thing. And so that's why I'm very, like, I'm very careful overall when people say to me, oh, I'm interested in being with you. Because to me, that, that says a lot. Because I take relationships very seriously. And so if I'm, if we're just fucking, that's one thing. 
But if I'm with someone, I'm with someone. And so that means, because what you're telling me is that means I may have to go lock up my whorish ways and put them under one lock and key and padlock and stuff. I may have to keep Miss Pum Pum under perspective share mission. That's what it means. And to me, them something serious. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you yeah, have to come correct from the beginning. And, and coming correct means also having the conversations which are necessary. You see, I have no problem with people asking me like my pronouns and my roles and all that. Because to me, I think those are natural courses. And people say, oh, you know, that's corny or that's distasteful. To me, that's you just getting it out of the way so that we can go into more meaningful conversation. Because if you are come with the dating something, then all of that has to come into, uh, come into um, the conversation. I have, to know, I have to know what you like. You have to know what I like. We have to know what I have to know what your interests are. You have to know what my interests are. And so if we're in the conversation and I realize that it's only going in one particular way, then I'm just going to end it there. Because to me, clearly, you aren't really interested in a relationship and you really just want the body. And so, and I'm that type of person who will say, friend, clearly you just want, you know, what I'm offering. If that's what you want, let a good sis know, because, you know, I might be okay with it, but don't try to use the head on me now and I come under the foolishness. That clearly, you know, it's a Jamaican. Clearly, you know, you know, that I'm black, so you're coming out type of assumption based on the questions that I'm seeing. And I'm letting you know from now, your assumptions are incorrect. So you need to now state what you want so I can, we can, you know, stop wasting each other's time and move on. What I will share to answer Kareem's question is that I do remember um, there was one compromise that I just, there was one thing in our relationship that I just decided that, listen, based on how it I got shake out, I bet I would just say, we just support partying. So when it came to partying in, the, in London, I only want you to go to um, the parties that cater to people of color. Primarily because I didn't play music on my leg. Even when I go to Evelyn, I go in the urban section and maybe catch a pizza dance hall. I don't really want to go and I hear the go do 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 And I can't do it. can't do it. I need to hear lyrics. I need to hear you say one word I'm about just go so yeah. Right? And there were very few parties that did that. And, the, and so the one that I always go was Bootylicious. So I always pop up at Bootylicious once on the last Saturday I ever met with my girlfriends. And we had our war. Um, and I think we had just come to the recognition that after I had gone with heaven twice with him, I'm like, I'm not going back. I, I don't enjoy going to heaven. And he was like, oh, you know, and, and, and on one hand, I got it. Um, Bootylicious is a catered space. It is primarily for Black queer people. And so I guess he didn't want to be, feel like he was invading a catered space, even though other white people are there. And I mean, I are going, but fine. So I said, well, if you never come booty, me now go every video. And that would just be what it would be because... It now going to be a situation where me I always go this place where you want to go, um, but you won't come to mind because you're not sure if you're going to be, you're going to feel 100% comfortable in this space. So yeah, I think also when you're in those situations where there are those kinds of cultural differences, ever just recognize that there will be points of convergence and divergence, and that's going to also be a part of just whole relationships work, um, just generally. So there will be certain cultural moments that, and I got participated, um, and, and, and that's fine. Thanks for bringing that in, Glenroy. That was my next um, question to our guest. Um, so acknowledging all of these differences um, and in culture that you highlighted with dating within and outside of your preferences, um, is there that one thing or few things that you are willing to compromise on Keep the relationship going if you if you want to share if you're comfortable sharing it um i think for me religion would be one area that i'd be willing to compromise on um like we know like you know of course we're from a christian believing country or background um and i grew up in church and i do i do there's some aspects of my, like 
of things that I still believe in in terms of spirituality and stuff. Um, but then that's also changing. And I think if like my partner maybe asked me to consider being a part of their religious practice, um, I'm actually I would actually support that and I'd actually be willing to do that. You'd be a Buddhist bitch, come through. <laughs> 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 Wait. <laughs> no, for real, I would. I, that's that's one of the areas I think I would be able to compromise on. Children would be another thing as well. Um, well, I do want children, hopefully a bit further on in life. Um, like if my partner says that they don't want to go down that road, then I'd also, you know, be able to compromise with them. That's a big compromise, bitch. It, I mean... I have nieces and nephews. Right. And they're a handful. Yeah. So <laughs> either way, somebody got somebody are gonna get spoiled either way. And and also I'm gonna just be that bitch and say having children is bad for the environment. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll feel the world girl. But you know oh, I feel about the environment. But anyway. <laughs> oh, the environment never told you that. <laughs> actually did, but <laughs> this, this, is not, this is not the conversation. You know, I me, I know I have one friend who already swears to them. I just have one pick them and come lift them from the doorstep. Oh, you know. You know. <laughs> um, I think in terms of, for me, like in terms of compromise, um, I feel overall the person that I've interacted with, um, Asian specifically, I've had better relationship experiences with them. I've not had many things that I've had to compromise on in terms of like things that I wouldn't do with like a white boyfriend. Um, Because again, luckily, the person that I've met, they've been culturally aware of different things and stuff like that. Um, So I think over, I think the only thing though, is that they're very like, more like I feel big on like family and togetherness. Um, I feel like I'm more not a homebody, definitely not a homebody, but I'm definitely not like a mushy family person. Karim will tell you. I hate celebrations and stuff like that. I hate things like those. But I mean, that's something that I feel like I would compromise with. So I had a boyfriend in Minneapolis. Yes, I know far. <laughs> um, so that's basically, you have to take a plane to get there basically from where I live. And I'd go there like a few times a year. We visit each other and stuff. Um, but I mean, while I was there, cause like, you know, I don't know, Asians are always in groups. So <laughs> like his whole family would be there and we'd have like gatherings and stuff like that. And celebrate everything um i mean which was nice and refreshing for me but i'm not always in the mood to celebrate so i feel like that's something like i'm i've adjusted myself to be more of a team player with in terms of like celebrations and having a lot of people around and stuff like that um but i mean cultural wise i'm very interested in their practices so i don't feel like there was anything i felt like i was like had to push myself to compromise with so, I mean, that was, that makes a relationship interesting for me. Whenever, like, <laughs> we would make, like, egg rolls or something together or anything, like, traditional. Because um, he was, like, monk, so they had, like, their different practices. Like, I always found that very interesting. So, didn't feel like a chore or a task to me. Um, that just kind of made the relationship more interesting. And then, like I said, he's very aware of black culture sometimes my friends would joke he's more black than me um <laughs> so which could be a good or a bad thing so it all depends so here's my last thing um coming over kind of out of time but my last question is um and i and i mentioned it before um on the podcast but a lot of times now when you see gay couples represented on in in, in media you're seeing interracial couples. Um, I have a certain view of it because while, of course, that is an experience that many queer men have, I don't know, I don't know that the way in which that it becomes a predominant representation of the, the relationships that we're in as Black queer men 
um, or black queer people that it truly represents us. But I wanted to hear um, from people who, you know, are particularly interested in, you know, dating across different cultures, how you feel about that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, for me, I'd, well, I'd, I'd, um, oh Lord, how can I say it? So for me, I, ha- I have a challenge with it, right? In terms of how relation, queer, queer black relationships are portrayed in that media, right? With that, the exception of maybe Pose and, um, oh God, what's on? Was it Jump the Broom? No, it's not Jump the Broom. It's, Noah's Ark. Noah's Ark. Right. With those, like, the exception of those two, like, I can't say I know of, like, a prominent queer black couple, um, gay couple, particularly gay men, um, like, in media. And to me, that's an issue, right? Because that's not necessarily, that's not the true representation of what actually happens within, you know, the queer black community. Um, well, of course, biracial, interracial, sorry, um, couples exist. Um, I think majority of people usually date within their races. And so I don't think anything is wrong with making that known. Um, also, maybe it's because people, they think it's more palatable to pair a black person with a white person for whatever reason, because that's usually the relationships that you see even when it's interracial. It's usually a black man with a white man. Um, and to me, that's also very problematic, right? And so, like, I would prefer to see actual depictions of relationships that exist, like, in the media. So I would love to see, like, a, a prominent, you know, gay black couple strutting down, doing their things. And what would be, what would be gagger, would be complete gaggery and such would be if they were, if they were both femmes. That would be so amazing. Right? Because there's also the stereotype of having overtly masculine gay men being portrayed as the ideal, which is garbage. Um, and so it would be so great if both of them, you know, would have like a prominent couple, gay, black, and femme. I swear to God, it would be fabulous. Um, and then, of course, I, I would love to see other forms of interracial couples out there as, as well being portrayed. So maybe like a black person and someone from the Asian community or some from Latin, somebody from Latin America with another person from Asia or something. Um, but I do definitely think that there needs to be more diversification. I know I don't necessarily believe that that is the accurate depiction of the, you know, the community as it is right now, even in countries like the U.S. Yeah, I agree with that, because I feel like overall, there are not that crazy many, um, like, interracial gay couples. Um, and also, I feel like they kind of do it as, like, a token type of thing. Um, where, okay, this will be like the most buzzworthy if we put this type of relationship in our show. And also I feel like, like he said, I feel like there aren't like a lot of just like regular two black guys just being a couple. I feel like they're always, they kind of put this whole, let's drop another race in there to kind of make it more, I guess, exciting to kind of show all races coming together or whatever, which, I mean, I get it, but that's not, like the only representation people need to see it's kind of like the same thing with straight couples where like there's if you watch like even a black a black show there they always have to be like biracial they can't just be like regular schmegler black like it always has to be this curly haired light-skinned biracial child or like a black and a white guy like it always has to be this whole thing so i feel like that definitely needs more work where we can have just regular couples and they can be exciting they can be a true representation of what it is there doesn't have to be this oh we need to have like multiple races meshing together and i feel like the past i can't remember the names right now but i feel like the past few like gay themed movies or series that i watch i feel like it always goes that trend where it always has to be like if they're gay it always has to be like it's like two guys from two different races or something like that it can't just be like oh, they're just, you know, two black guys just together in love type of thing. It always has to be this whole race thing. And again, I feel like Asian representation in media overall isn't that much. (laughs) So especially gay Asian guys aren't really in movies that much or media that much where you see that representation. Thanks for answering. No problem. No problem. <laughs> He's so innocent. <laughs> well, you know, the friend of someone that's about a little something there. Pardon the whole of Jamaican, so right? 
Well, Jamaica, no girl. Don't do that. We say pardon the Jamaicans with what? It's the only part, so I mean, we don't have international people at this time. Oh, they learn the language. What do you mean? Okay, me talk about that. Never that. But I mean, in terms of like, you brought up like one, like the most, I think one of the most popular Chris shows to come out like in the last five years or so is probably Love Simon. And as much as I love the movie, um, there were a number of issues that I had with it. Like one, the whole fact that, you know, they introduced like a, a, a black main lead as one of the queer couples, but they had to pair him with a white guy, right? Who, of course, had such a made coming out seem as if it was a breeze, like a walk in the park. Um, and so to me, that was that was one of the issues. And then, of course, the FM black fabulous child that was in the show came across as just like another trope um, and another form of comedic relief to me at least right and to me that was also problematic um, and so like to me still builds into that stereotype that you know black there's something wrong with one being black or and being black and queer and being black and queer with another black person in a relationship it's almost as if we're trying to vilify queer black relationships or yeah. something um, it's kind of like it's kind of like there. It kind of sends this message. It's kind of like you can't have like a healthy black and black relationship. Basically, it's kind of like you need to be with another race to kind of validate the relationship or make it healthy. Like that's a message I get from all of these because it's always kind of like this other race or especially the white race uplifts the relationship in some sense, like. That's all it's really saying. Exactly. <laughs> well, <laughs> there you have it. Uh, Renee and Jeremy spilling the tea on interracial dating. <laughs> Thanks, guys, for joining us. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. This was another episode of Fish Tea. Catch you next time. And Corona is still out there. I know the place is being opened up. People are getting vaccinated. But as a dear friend, General, I like to remember to wipe it down before you put it So, that's a wrap. Stay sophisticated. Bye. 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 Thank you, guys. <laughs>